Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Athelsford District Council Planning Committee meeting for 13th of January 2016. Three matters of housekeeping before we start, please. There's no fire drill planned for today, so if the bells ring, uh, make your way down through the double doors to the grass circle where you will be directed by our fire marshals. Make sure all your mobile phones are switched off, please. And members, this uh, meeting is being recorded, so please make sure your microphone is on before you speak. Thank you. Uh, any apologies for absence, uh, Adam? Uh, there's no apologies. Thank you. Any declarations of interest, members? There are none at this time. Thank you. Uh, minutes of the previous meeting have been circulated. Is it your wish for me to sign them as a correct record? Thank you very much. I'll do that in due course. Uh, matters arising, starting on page five. Yes, Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. Uh, PC38 on the um, um, Yachtlesford uh, 0726. I had heard that there was a response. I haven't seen it formally. I wonder if we did have an update on that. Mr. Brown would tell us on that. Thank you. The, the update, and I'm not fobbing you off by saying this, but there are discussions ongoing regarding this, but it's around the level of contribution at the moment. So the, 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 the second advice is Salte, has Salte a contribution, and we are having discussions around that at the moment. So there is, there is a possibility then of, of, a, of an affordable yeah, contribution? Absolutely. absolutely. Yes. Okay. It's the level okay. of that at the moment that we're talking about. Right, thanks. Could, could I say, could we have it on the agenda next time so we can go well, through that, I'd, please? Well, I think because you've raised it, it'll be raised again. Being, being raised I think that's the way to keep it Okay, fine. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Councillor Lodge. Uh, page five, page six, <coughs> and seven, eight, nine, and ten. Thank you very much. On with today's business, and the first item on our agenda is application... 4.1 UTT fifteen three one zero seven. It's an application for full planning consent in Elsnam, and Mrs. Marshall will take us through. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. The application is for home farm in Gaunt's End, Elsnam. Uh, the site is comprised of a collection of agricultural farm buildings, including a Grade Two listed barn. Within the site are a mixture of B2 and B8 uses, as well as agricultural. To the west of the site is the DeSalis Hotel and along this boundary is a high evergreen hedge and residential properties to the southeast of the site. Um, there are also a number of uh, industrial activities um, to the south of the site as well. So the proposal is seeking retrospective permission for the use of the site as a haulage yard with the stationing of a bitumen tank, the stationing of a porter cabin and palisade fence which will be enclosed uh, on the site, um, which will be, so the bitumen tank will be located there and the office in there, the palisade fencing will be along there and down there. Uh, there is also the proposal to use this workshop for the maintenance um, and repairs of agricultural uh, vehicles and also the storage of um, mobile heavy plant machinery to the rear of the site. Um, officers consider that this activity um, is suitable and that the development will not have a detrimental impact on the character and appearance of the countryside setting due to the screening of the site as well as the location within the site. The development subject to this application could give rise to noise and light pollution which could affect 
the residential amenities of the neighbouring properties. However, it is considered that through conditioning, these issues could be mitigated. So the recommendation is approval subject to conditions as recommended. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs Marshall. Uh, we have no speakers listed on this application, members, so any questions of the officers? Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, overall, this seems to be um, um, a reasonable application from what we can see. The, the, the visit sort of uh, was essential to put it into context. Uh, but I'm just going back to under, under um, 5.3, which was the... Um, the, the refusal last time was it was considered that the development is harmful to the character and setage of the heritage asset. Now then was, was that the, the barn that we saw in the precarious situation? So that was the... Yes it was yeah. and that's why the palisading fence has been relocated away from the barn. So it was from the barn. So uh, my question was what has changed and that's really it's the location it's of the, the, bit, location of the bitumen tank. tank. And of course the heritage asset is an ongoing problem for us in the district, I imagine, because yes. the, the finances of trying to get that. Yeah, okay. Thank you. That answers my question. Thank you, Councillor Lodge. Uh, Councillor Freeman, thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, I have no problems with this application apart from I, I would like to see a condition that uh, the runoff and washings from this site are appropriately processed. They're of a highly toxic nature and it's surrounded by farmland. I know there's a bund wall, but uh, I think uh, the measures that were talked about by the applicant when we were on the site should be uh, made clear. It should be made clear in the consent. Uh, you're dealing with uh, tar products. Uh, the trucks are washed. There was a lot of bitumen around on the ground. Uh, and I inquired about drainage and there wasn't any. There will be a drainage system, but it needs to be appropriate for the... Uh, challenge that it's facing for the material it's facing. Yes, I, uh, I, I agree with that, um, uh, Councillor Freeman. But also, it's not just the around the bitumen tank. We've also got the workshop, which will be dealing with agricultural vehicle maintenance. So I think the whole site needs to be included within that uh, condition if we add one in. We have a suggested condition, if, if you want to hear that. Yes, please. Uh, so the suggested condition is within three months of the date of this decision, details showing the means to discharge wastewater from the development shall be submitted and approved in writing by the local planning authority. The approved scheme shall be carried out in its entirety prior to the... Sorry. Uh, ..in its entirety and shall be retained at all times. Does that meet with your uh, agreement, Councillor? Yeah, thank you. Not that you've proposed anything at the moment. Um, one condition that uh, I think should be on there is um, in relation to landscaping, in particular the earth bund. I think um, because there's going to be a heavy display of mobile plant there, um, I think that earth bund could be made higher and perhaps landscaped with some trees inserted on the top. And I wonder if we can uh, add in the landscaping condition. Yes, Councillor Lockton. Thank you. Uh, well, could I refer to paragraph 8.6 and its um, affinity water? Can you 
Yes. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Um, and it's... Oh, goodness, this thing's gone bigger now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and it says the construction works and operation of proposed development, blah, 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 should be done in accordance with the relevant, relevant British standards and best management practices. Well, there's nothing in the conditions that condition that. Um, and it says it does have potential to pollute. So if we can't condition that, and, I, and we may be able to, can we uh, at least issue an advisory? Because I think that's very important because it says it's located close to or within an environment agency defined groundwater source protection zone. I, I think that's what our condition will actually cover, will that cover those that? concerns, yes. Okay, it was longer yep. because I was rather concerned about that. And, and the other one was the working hours, which I did mention on the site this morning. I did think that 7 o'clock was perhaps very early to have lorries. I know the site won't be starting till 7, but uh, delivery lorries or people can, or things coming to the site may tr be trundling along there at half past 6. It's next door to a hotel, and uh, there are neighbours up and down that road, and, and I did think that could be rather disturbing. So I personally, I don't know what other members think, think that 8 o'clock, I mean most building sites start at 8 o'clock and I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, Mr Brown, I think you've got an advice on that for us. Can I take the second one first? Because building sites tend to start at 8 o'clock, the places where the builders come from and the information needs to start way before 8 o'clock. So I would, I would have to say that 7 o'clock Anything later than 7 o'clock, it's questionable whether it will be a viable business in terms of operations. Your issues you raise are about vehicle traffic and vehicle movements. No, 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 but it is within our... I could actually say on this particular case, that it's the vehicle movements rather than the actual commercial activities that, are going to, that you're saying could cause a problem. I would say any later than that would actually be causing problems in terms of the viability of the business because building sites start at 7. This would start earlier than a building site would start. That's why... They originally requested, I should add, 6 o'clock in their application, which I do agree is too early, and that's why we've pushed it back to 7. So we've already pushed it back to 7 already. Well, I do think you will be getting complaints from neighbours about the noise of traffic going through there at that time in the morning. So it's just... I, I do know where you're coming from, but I, I don't like that. While I'm on... Um, the chairman raised issues about, um, well, raised a suggestion to condition regarding the, the bund and making the bund bigger in the plant. The, the when I spoke to the agent on site this morning, they are open to whatever needs to be done on that. But I wouldn't dictate in terms of making the bund bigger or anything like that. I would just say a condition that within three months of the approval that we have a scheme of, of boundary treatment along that scheme, which could be a combination of increasing the bund, planting the bund, and all those type of things. So I, I suggest that if members yep. move to approve this to add that as additional condition to. Uh, sorry, Councillor Mills first, I believe. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Chairman. Following on from Councillor Lodge's comment, um, is there any ongoing issues with the listed barn? in as much as there, you know, obviously it's got no real roof on the back side of it. So we've got an asset that we're actually letting, you know, is this uh, anything that's been thought about? It is on the um, register of buildings at risk. So the council is, is um, engaging with the owner of the barn. But we're not engaging with them through this application? No. <clears throat> I would hazard to say one thing, though. Part of the risk... The barn is what you see. It is in a serious state. 
and I think when you see it, it's a serious state, but it's also clearly you can see why it's listed in terms of its asset. Um, by moving stuff away from the listed building is the beginning. Of the, at the moment, you've got a bitumen tank which is not acceptable in that location, and the palisade ending not acceptable in that location because it's setting on the listed building. But literally having those type of activities close to the listed building in its own right adds to the risk. So actually moving the stuff away, if members are mindful to do that, starts. It's a long business. You all know it's a long business in terms of getting these listed buildings sorted out, but this is the beginning of the process. But there's an additional process that we, a long process that we need to go through. Okay. Councillor Chambers. Mr Chairman, could I propose approval with uh, the extra conditions that you have put on the recommendation? Certainly can. Does that find a seconder? That's Councillor Hicks. Hang on, Jim. Oh, would you like to speak at this time? No, nothing to it, Jim. Thank you very much. Uh, any further comments, members? No? Okay, then we will go to the vote on that. This uh, recommendation for approval subject to con enhanced conditions as discussed. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Thank you. That application is approved. Our next application, item 4.2 on the agenda, UTT 15 stroke 3314, an application for full planning consent at Thaxted, and Mrs Jones will take us through this one. Thank you. Uh, this application relates to a site that is uh, located within the development limits within Watling Lane in Thaxted. The development pattern along this stretch of lane is ribbon development and mainly large detached houses built up to their boundaries and with large gardens. This application, the application is for an amendment to a previously approved application, UTT 1507654, for two detached dwellings on the site. The differences between this application and that already approved is that there would be a, a two-storey extension to the front, which would be 1.3 metres further forward. The properties are set lower in the ground by 560 millimetres and the chimneys have been removed. The properties would be, now be two five-bedrooms rather than three-bedroom previously approved have free parking spaces and gardens in excess of 100 square metres. There have been 12 representations objecting to the application and one in support. Essex County Council Highways have no objections and the proposal would not result in any material detrimental impact to neighbours' amenity. I'll just show you some plans and photographs. Um, so that's these two properties here. Um, this line here shows where the development limits end, so the rear gardens are outside development limits. And that's what the elevations would look like. This shows the difference between what has been previously approved, so the ridge heights, as I said, will stay the same, um, and it's this element to the front that's going to be 1.3 metres further forward, um, different to what's already been approved. This is what's already on the site. This is the neighbouring property to the south. That's the existing access. And there's just various 
photographs. This is the property to the north. The principle of the development in this location has already been established by the granting of planning permission in 2015. The proposal complies with policies S3, Gen 2, H3 and Gen 4 and as such the application is recommended for conditional approval. Thank you Mrs Jones. Um, we have one speaker registered for this application and that is the applicant Sean Stippling. Fine. Fine. Thank you very much, Mr. Stipping. Okay, then, members, uh, any comments, any questions of officers? No. Uh, okay, we have a recommendation for approval. Does that find a proposer? Councillor Chambers, thank you. Does that find a seconder? I'll second that from the chair. Thank you. Um, so, no further comments, then, all the, we'll go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Thank you. That application is approved. Next item on the agenda, 4.3, is application UTT 2364, application for full planning consent at Newport, and Mr Alana will take us through this application. Thank you. Good afternoon, Chair. Good afternoon, Councillors. Uh, before I start my presentation, Chair, uh, there's an update that uh, just before you regarding conditions uh, put forward by uh, um, SS County Council Flood Risk Officer. Condition 1, 2, 3 in front of you. However, um, that particular condition 3, just to draw your attention, we felt that it can be covered through Section 106. I think our legal officer should probably take note of that in terms of uh, the flood risk uh, 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 mitigation measures, condition three. And also, can I bring to your attention issue regarding traffic in your update sheet and uh, some amenity issues. Uh, Within traffic issues, there's an update there relating to paragraph 10.27. Uh, the revised drawing has already addressed that issue raised in my report. In paragraph 10.28, the revised drawing also has shown the up-to-date footpath connection as requested, acceptable. And para 10.29, drawing 0500-7C, also showing respectively the mix of all the housing that are being uh, proposed in terms of the number of bedrooms, respectively. Hence, I'm about to start this presentation, Councillor. Uh, the application site is marked on here on red boundary. In land use terms, is uh, designated as uh, an exception site, whereby the Council favours affordable housing 100%. Uh, the scheme, prior to the submission, the applicant has already conducted a search consultation with our local communities in Newport to identify this particular need, as identified in my report. The issue, therefore, is whether, in terms of land use terms, this is the uh, Cambridge Road here, and that's a proposed access from 
Cambridge off via Cambridge Road. There's one access. And here, if I could be able to point out, Councillor, uh, we have the so-called proposed food pact connecting into the site, as I'm showing it through my, the movement of my mouse. There's a distance of roughly 30 metres between the nearest development and this particular residential building, which is quite adequate. And in between that, we have uh, an open space. We are the general community within this uh, development can use respectively. Uh, in terms of uh, mass scale and character, the scheme is considered acceptable because as you might have seen during our site visit, the area is predominantly uh, two to three story buildings and this scheme has emulated that particular character. Subject to condition of facing materials, In my report, I also identified that we have varieties of uh, house design, namely from A to B and D respectively, as identified in my report, different approach of design, which also mirror the existing built environment. The proposal in terms of its proximity to the railway line, the Environmental Health Office has given us uh, appropriate condition to control the acoustic measures in order to protect the amenities of the future occupiers of this building. There are additional tree planting, as I've shown in the uh, site plan, which will help to demarcate the site from the surrounding area. Again, it's an additional amenity space. Can I also draw to your attention, Chair, um, this particular development exceeds our amenity space in terms of uh, garden spaces that I will probably show you anytime from now. Here we are. Each of those developments that I've shown you exceeds the, uh, the standard normally required for the provision of rear garden, as I've seen, on, uh, as I've demonstrated on this matrix. So overall, Councillor, this application is recommended for approval, subject to Section 106 agreement and recommended planning condition. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Alana. Um, we have some registered speakers here. And for the Parish Council, we have Councillor Peter Arscott. And you have three minutes, uh, Councillor. Thank you. Um, the Parish Council are in full agreement with um, this development, but we have some, some issues and we'd like to make some recommendations. Um, one is, point one is the we are concerned about um, additional load to the ditch on the uh, northern boundary, which uh, the pipe comes from a the fields on the left-hand side of the railway line via a big pipe. Then it comes along to a culvert. And going there the other day, that was quite free-flowing. And we are concerned about... Um, the road being flooded at Shortgrove. It didn't happen recently, but it has happened in the past. And we've made our own investigation as to where that uh, water finally ends up, and we believe it ends up in the uh, CAM, 
cutting somewhere across the road um, just north of uh, Short Grove. So that's point uh, number one. We, there is no suds drainage scheme shown there and we are concerned in Newport with uh, surface water drainage. Um, there was another issue. Uh, if we could have access in the northwest corner of the site, which for people using the, uh, wishing to use the train, where they get a better service from um, Audley End than they would from Newport, whether we could have a path in the northwest corner uh, so that people can access north to Audley End Station. Um, going back to the pipe which goes under the um, railway line, I have learnt that uh, children in the past have played in this pipe and I think you should take precautions now to make sure that they can't get into it from either the railway side or from the uh, side to the left to the right of the railway line. I think that we should consider that. Um, there is another point that uh, you, you probably experienced that yourself this morning. I didn't make it in time because you got your meeting over pretty rapid. But I'm wondering, somebody's made a comment, could we move the 30 mile an hour signs uh, north so the traffic is slowed down, slow, slowed down before it gets to this particular junction? It, it, um, then we come on to something else which is outside of uh, the discussion possibly on this site. There's inadequate footpath to Berrywater Lane. And Nigel Brown, who's, who's done a walkabout with us in Newport, is familiar with that. Well, um, it really is inadequate. You get to the railway bridge and after the railway bridge the path deteriorates to well, about two foot six wide. The ground, what it is, the academy is not cutting the hedge back and they're not taking the earth back that's falling all over the footpath. And then when you get to Berrywater Lane, uh, there'll be obviously quite a few children coming from this development. Uh, they have no footpath in Berrywater Lane to get to the grammar school. And this is something we've been banging on about infrastructure. And I repeat, Mr Brown is aware of this. I don't know how we're going to sort this. Um, Councillor Hicks says, don't worry about this. It'll all get sorted in the end. Well, I think it gets sorted when somebody's been killed, unfortunately. And then from Berrywater Lane to the Toll House, the footpath there is two foot six wide. Something else that Mr Brown is aware of, we're all aware of, but we just cannot get resolved. So these are issues outside of this site, which we like. We've, uh, we agree with the development, but we have serious concerns about the infrastructure. So how the council are going to overcome these issues, uh, I'm not too sure, but I'll, I'll leave it with you. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Eucott. Uh, Oscott, so I'm sorry. Our next speaker is the applicant, and that's Ulrika Macariello. And you have three minutes. Thank you. Thank you. Members of the Planning Committee, Mr. Chairman, my name is Ulrika Macariello from Hastor Housing Association. Following the successful completion of the Affordable Housing Scheme at Bowker Close, the Rural Housing Trust continued working with Newport Parish Council to address further identified housing need in the village. Following the winding up of the Rural Housing Trust in 2009, Hasto continued this work with the Parish Council. The proposed development of 34 affordable dwellings is the result of our ongoing partnership work and has undergone extensive pre-application consultation. 
It, it will provide a well-balanced mix of accommodation which will be available for affordable rent and shared ownership to meet the identified local need. Public consultation has been carried out with in initial discussions with the Parish Council on the site selection to replace the previous but no longer viable site at Frambury Lane and a public consultation drop-in event in November 2014. The scheme now presented has been designed as far as possible to take into account comments we received during the consultation period and retains as much as possible of the established hedge along Cambridge Road as well as the mature trees to the rear of the development. A new footpath extension will ensure easy access to existing amenities. The scheme is designed to lifetime home standard and even though there are no longer specific sustainability standards required over and above building regulations level, Hastur continues to champion, champion sustainable development and we are proposing to deliver the scheme to a high sustainability standard. The scheme comprises a mix of smaller dwellings based on traditional shapes and the local vernacular. A red stock brick is proposed as the main feature of the buildings, but with the use of some boarding and render to add definition to the scheme, the contours to the site will help add further interest to the spaces formed. In partnership with officers at Attlesford District Council, we have been able to secure Harlow Growth, funding, Harlow Growth Area funding for this scheme. This additional funding means that we can deliver a 100% affordable housing scheme and there is no need for open market dwellings to be included for cross-subsidy purposes. In summary, the proposed development will provide low-cost homes for local people in a sustainable location within a high-quality and sympathetic development in accordance with local, regional and national planning policy. It is hoped that your support today will help ensure this scheme can be successfully delivered. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Macarellia. Um, now, councillors, before uh, we throw this open for debate, um, Mr. Brown is going to give us a little bit of a tidy up on some of the conditions, but the, and also I'll ask him to give us some information on some of the points that the Parish Council raised. Um, the width of the footpath outside of the site, uh, that's not for our discussion, and I think the Parish Council mentioned that. Um, and the 30 mile an hour limit, uh, that's, if this is approved, that will come automatically through the process of um, Highways Act. Um, but I would encourage, if this is approved, the Parish Council to uh, keep on top of that and make representation early to the um, local highways panel because they will, that will be the body that will bring that work forward. Uh, Mr Brown. Thank you. Yeah, so bear with me, and, and for Adam's benefit, I will give this all to you separately. Um, first of all, in terms of the, the recommendation, uh, what we're actually talking about with the 106 is, Emmanuel is referred to, there's two free conditions referred to in the, the plans around you, of which, as Emmanuel quite rightly said, condition three is not requested because that would be covered within the section 106. I would actually argue that probably condition two will also be covered within the 106, but I think that's, me, that's us talking to our legal officer in terms of how that's submitted. Because we only want to do it once. We don't want to put it on the 106 and as a condition, because you don't have to double up. And that actually causes problems in its own right. Um, and condition one, as proposed, is, is correct. That is exactly what, what's pro proposed and put forward. And that covers the SUDS issue, as well as a 106 clause, which actually says the may need a maintenance plan for the SUDS, 
and we also need to ensure that they carry out that maintenance and we can only do that by way of a section 106 not by way of a condition and uh, at the moment it's a movable fees because this is it's relatively new in terms of how we're dealing with this and, and there's different ways of doing it but a 106 is the, is the best way to do it in pure tidying up of the conditions I think we have some, we have some duplications of some conditions condition 3 which covers um, the needing a place to park and unload vehicles is actually covered within the suggested condition. Uh, which one is it? There's a, there's a, there is a construction management plan in a, within the. Oh God, which one was it? I will come back to uh, nine. Condition nine. Thank you for that. Yeah, no development groundworks, construction environmental management plan. So that includes. A parking off, no, it wasn't that one, it was condition 10. Condition 10 actually says the parking vehicles of site operatives loading and unloading. So right. 10 covers what's within part 3. So I suggest condition 3 is deleted as a suggestion. Um, condition 5, um, those details have already been submitted. So this is prior to occupation of the vision of the footway. Um, details to be submitted and approved. Those details have been submitted. So what I would suggest we do, as well as changing Mill Road to Cambridge Road, we, all, we would need to do that, but also we would need to refer to the specific drawing that, we, that, that Emmanuel referred to in his suggestions there. So Condition 5 covers that, and there's also reference to a footpath later on that would need to be deleted. That's Condition 12 needs to be deleted, because that's covered by what's referred to in Condition 5. So boosted up to be 5 to actually cover the plans that have been submitted, that, but everything else is the same. Um, it's just they've gone one step further in providing the drawings. Um, further on in terms of the visibility, there was a visibility condition later on, similarly condition 11, they provided the details of those visibilities, so we don't need those drawings provided, they just need to carry out the works in accordance with those work plans before any occupation is carried out. Um, condition 17 is a duplicate of condition 15, so that's just, that's just a duplication, so that needs to be deleted. And finally, uh, although it won't be Condition 18 by the time we're taking conditions out, the, the under, since October, the lifetime homes, and there is no doubt that these houses will be built to lifetime home standards, um, the rules are now that we need to highlight within the application, within the planning permission, that this needs to comply with Part M of the building regulations, which is the lifetime homes issue. So we need to put the appropriate lifetime homes condition to bite that. Planning, all planning does is bites it for building control to sort that out. So hopefully that's tidied up. But as I say to Adam, I'll, I'll give you all that in writing so I can so we can tidy it up. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Oh, yeah. so you wanted oh. me to clarify what oh, yes, Parisid as well. Sorry. Yes. Um, I think you answered the question when you asked the question, to be honest. Well, I'm uh, like that. <laughs> the 30 mile an hour limit issue, that is, it's, it's at the moment, the 30 mile an hour limit is, it comes in at the point of the built up. And by definition, if you approve this, you're increasing the built up. There is a process to go through, but it's not a process for this room to actually do that. So by allowing this development, it would require that to be highlighted to the parish, and I'm sure that that will result in a 30 mile an hour limit sorted out. I think you sorted out the drainage issues. There is issues regarding the drainage which we need to highlight to the County Council as the drainage authority, as the, the watercourse authority in terms of that particular issue. And I would vouch for the fact that when I walked from the, from the site, when I did my tour of the village, the, 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 the footpath is not narrow, but it's been narrowed because of the planting between, the, in a nutshell, the school 
and the, um, the county highways need to get their act together because there is planting that's overdone there. But that is not for the applicant's gift. The applicant has provided a, a, a very good link as part of this condition to the facilities within the village. But I think that's probably a pressure that we as an authority need to be put, put on the county council and the school to actually sort that out. But it's uh, pressures on the, on the county to enforce it against the school, to be honest. Indeed. And uh, we have a county council sitting not a million miles away from us at this present time. Thank you. Right, members, any questions? Uh, Councillor Riles. Um, is there any um, scope for putting in a suggestion or a uh, condition maybe regarding broadband infrastructure for this site? Ooh. Sensible as that sounds, because it is sensible, <laughs> but uh, there is, I would argue, no policy basis at this moment for us to do that. So, we, you know, there is no policy basis to do that because, it, you know, it is an infrastructure issue that may or may not come out of the emerging local plan. I would hope it would. Um, it's clearly an issue for the, for the district in terms of the broadband issue, but it, it is not something that we can insist upon regarding this development because there's no policy basis for it. Okay. Uh, I saw some other hands. Councillor Freeman first. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Um, I mean, this application seems to tick all the boxes, and um, we know from their past properties that <coughs> Hasto has uh, produced uh, environmentally very sound constructions. Um, it's a shame, can I say, that that isn't actually emphasised in the officer's report, because, uh, okay, it's, it's guilt on the gingerbread, you take it as red, but in fact most developers do the minimum that they can get away with under building regulations, and has to go the extra mile. And I think that should be recognised, actually. And it's not recognised in here. I would like to see it so in future. That's one point. The other point is that what this site lacks, and there are very good reasons for it, I'm sure, uh, is um, a children's play area. Uh, one of the developments going up in Saffron Walden at the moment has a leap, whatever that is. Um, there is space. It would be nice to have. There's going to be children. Um, they'll want to play. It would be nice to incorporate that into the development. It doesn't seem to have been done so far. Uh, a leap is a locally equipped area of play, um, as against a lap, which is just a local area of play without any equipment. So. Well, we have um, some open spaces um, noted on there. We've got criteria for leaps, haven't we, Mr Brown? I would actually say we haven't got criteria for leaps, oh, but right. it, it, there tends to be on the larger sites for which 34 dwellings isn't. But that's the criteria I was referring to. Usually yeah. large, but there yeah. is no, again, there is no policy which says oh, above these numbers we need this, and that's how we also approach it with laps as well. So, large sites and the large strategic sites we've been talking about, we, we, it's often taken as red, and you're pushing on an open door on those with the developers. A leap is usually provided and secured. 34 would not normally kick, would normally require a leap. <coughs> Uh, Councillor Mills, I had you down next. Thank you, Chairman. Yeah, I'd just like to clarify something with uh, Emmanuel. Um, the garden's right at the bottom of the site. It looks like the footpath is going through some of the gardens. Can you just clarify that those lines aren't continuous right the way across and that the area below the footpath is public open space? Uh, good point. Please accept my apology. The drawing is quite very dark and it's not showing... Uh, precisely what's supposed to be on that drawing. If you could just follow my mouse here, 
This is the proposed footpath, and we have an open space here. Right. So, yeah, so that's what I wanted to clarify, that yeah. those lines that continue on both sides yeah. aren't the gardens. No. no. Right. That's fine. And Thank you. Here we have an open space. We have an open space here. We have an open space there. So, slotted around. Closer to the, where we have those settlements. Okay. That's fine. Apart Thank from you. the designated uh, rear garden space. Thank you. Councillor Lodge, you were next. Thank you, yes. Um, main, my main, main concern is, uh, is on drainage, and I noted in the, uh, in the original documentation that was left as open, and I see now we've got the supplementary page. So just for, clari for clarification, can you confirm that this is a genuine SUDS uh, implementation, and from that I understand that there will be no... No, no additional runoff onto the road as a result of this scheme. So that's point one. But then just a bit of further detail on that. On, on the piece of paper you've just given us, uh, the first bullet I don't understand, the, uh, the Greenfield one-in-one-year rate for all events. So perhaps you could uh, uh, enlighten me on that one. Okay. This sort of uh, particular condition actually is derived from our expertise from Excess County Council. And that particular bullet point is an indicative of uh, how that water flow will be controlled. Now, obviously, this is a part of the mechanisms which they have to put on ground to enable the, risk, I mean, the flood risk officers to monitor. They've, they've recommended these particular technical uh, measures to us. Now, um, as to how that can be explained here is outside my scope. If I may just add, a one-year yeah. uh, greenfield flow rate is what naturally occurs, yeah. and because we put in a built, develop, a built uh, environment there, that uh, outfall of water off the site should not go above what the original one-year greenfield site for runoff was. So you contain it so that it re reduces down. So you don't increase the rate of flow off the site to what's there already. Yeah. Okay, I could, I'd also clarify further on that. Is, this is one of the few... What you've been experiencing up to now and since the new schemes come in regarding SUDS in October has been dealing with reserve matters applications, which is always... It's the story halfway through, bearing in mind we've already... Been, this is a full application from scratch. This is how they operate in a very strict regime in terms of a one-in-one -one is, is, is very, very rigged. And developers are eking back on that and saying, oh, hang on, hang on, this is causing a problem. But it's good to hear that the County Council have taken a very strict approach in terms of that, in terms of how they're approaching that. So, and the answer to your initial question is yes, this is bolted down as a pure SUD system and that's how it's going to be. And the only thing that's left, but the government left hanging, is that the County are not going to be the adopting authority because that was the bit that's changed. That's why we require all the maintenance stuff regarding the 106. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. I think this is a sensitive spot. It's pretty close to the to the bridge, we, where, where there are, are, are frequent problems. There are, there's massive runoff from the uh, uh, from the school grounds, and so we, we've got to be absolutely rigorous that, that this doesn't uh, affect it further. Could I just whilst I have the mic? Could I ask one? I had one other, which is a bit technical, uh, but that was on the um, the designation here uh, of, as an exception site. 
just technically, I, I haven't seen that official designation. I just wondered who, in fact, is the designating authority so that these can be built under policy 11 and how and when that was done. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say the site is actually designated an exception site. It's brought forward as an exception. It's a, it's, a, it's a process as opposed to designated as an exception site. And so there is a process whereby local needs, needs for this amount of houses within the village, local support for it, site selections, comes to this particular scheme. This scheme has local support and provides the mix and the amount that we need. It's probably the largest one we've dealt with in terms of 34. It's a very large one. But it's more of a process resulting in an exception site. We do have the right within the local plans to actually uh, allocate exception sites. Um, now, whether that's a good point or a bad point, I don't know, because that actually provides hope values potentially in the future. But yeah. this is so effectively, we're doing this now. This is it. This is a process. Yeah. This is a okay, process. Okay, which I'm comfortable yeah. with that. But I, technically, I didn't want us to have missed a trick here on some other process we should have gone through. No. Councillor Chambers, I had you down to speak. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Uh, Mr Chairman, I think this is an excellent scheme here. It's surely what we've been talking about since I'm, in my short period, have been on the planning committee, but in my long time on the council, we have pushing for. It is, uh, as far as designation goes, it is exactly where originally, when we looked at low-cost housing on exceptional sites, just outside what used to be the village development limits, this joins onto the houses there. It has excellent view onto the road there. It is exactly what we were looking at, and I do hope that more schemes like this will come forward in the next few years, and I have much pleasure in proposing uh, its approval with the conditions. With the amended list of conditions. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Uh, Councillor Lachlan, do you wish to speak? No. Thank you very much. Any further comments, members? No? Then we'll go straight to the vote. Uh, this application is recommended for approval subject to a list of amended conditions as outlined by Mr Brown. Uh, all those in favour, please show. Yeah. Thank you. That application is approved. Thank you. Our next application is item 4.4, UTT 153267. It's an application for outline planning consent um, at Wendon's Ambo by the District Council and Samantha Stevenson will take us through, please. Thank you, Chair. The application site comprises part of the rear gardens of number two and station road, uh, number two and four, sorry, station road, Wenton Zambo, and is located within development limits. Adjacent to the site and, and to the south of the site are a pair of bungalows, and to the north, a pair of semi-detached dwellings. This is an outline application for the erection of a two-bedroom bungalow with all matters reserved apart from access, parking and layout. The existing boundary treatment is proposed to be retained on the frontage here with closed border fencing on the northern boundary. Pedestrian access for numbers 2 and 4 Station Road will be retained so they can access the parking to the rear. The proposed development is considered to be of acceptable size, scale and design and in keeping with the pattern of surrounding development. Garden sizes for both the proposed new dwelling and existing houses will exceed the standard as set out by the Essex Design Guide. The applicant has demonstrated that there is off-road parking provision in accordance with the adopted adulthood parking standards. The proposal will have no detrimental impact on the amenity of neighbouring residents and there are no objections on highway or ecological grounds. 
The proposal is considered to be acceptable in accordance with the relevant Uttlesford local plan policies and is recommended for approval subject to conditions as listed on pages 54 and 55. Thank you, Mr. Stevenson. And now uh, we have some speakers on this application. And the first is from the Parish Council. And it's Councillor Isabel Grant. Thank you. Do you have three minutes, Councillor? Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. I'm actually the Chairman of the Parish Council. Um, the Parish Council objects to this application. The plot is small and not in keeping with the nearby properties in the village, which are reasonable sized plots, including the original gardens of 2 and 4 Station Road. Since the existing plot in Station Road is clearly too small to allow development, to increase the size, extra land has to be stolen. This will diminish the quality of the outdoor space for these two existing homes. The other surrounding properties will continue to enjoy their larger gardens, but two and four are to be penalised and the new property will also have restricted outdoor space. We understand that the tenancy of two and four station road reflects the loss of land. That does not mean the situation is acceptable. These two houses are usually tenanted by families. Reduction of the outdoor space will have an impact for any children in these homes now or in the future. There will also be an impact on the existing houses having another one squeezed in. This, this proposed application is for a two-bedroom bungalow. Whilst there is a need for smaller, affordable homes, this is for a market value house, and at the moment we have enough two-bedroom properties of market value for sale in the village. The Parish Council do not agree with the Highways report that there is no problem with the entrance exit to the new property and believe that the amount of traffic using Station Road to access the station has been underestimated. The station car park has space for 600 vehicles and is usually full. At many times of the day, apart from the commuter, rush, morning and evening, there is kiss and drop traffic adding to the congestion. This will be highlighted when the suggested end-to-end -end car parking requires the car furthest from the road to be moved, causing the movement of both vehicles on to Station Road. There is limited visibility at this section of Station Road. The proposal also relies on a false assumption that the resident or residents would walk to work. There is absolutely no evidence for this as Wendenzambo has few and declining employment opportunities within the village. The surrounding neighbours and others in the village are not in favour of the application, nor are the parish council who believe this plot is unsuitable for any property at all. We are disappointed that the that Uttlesford District Council have put forward an application which allows the plot to be sold for a market value house. The Council will realise the money spent elsewhere, but not, as far as we understand, in Wend and Zambo. The only benefit will be to the coffers of Uttlesford District Council. Wend and Zambo, in a short space of time, have been inundated with new properties, from 176 existing properties to additional 19 new flats, 11 further homes agreed, and a further 11 in the planning pipeline. Clearly, our village is now being overdeveloped with smaller market value homes. It is especially disappointing that Uttersford District Council have chosen to add to this problem, especially since the Council and Planning Department have been only too aware of our concerns over many months. We respectfully request that the Planning Committee support the residents of Wend and Zambo and refuse this application. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Grant. Um, now we have uh, applicants, agents, now, I'm not sure if it's, it's Doug Mullins who is going to speak, I believe. Thank you. And you have uh, three minutes, Mr Mullins. 
Thank you, Chair. I shouldn't take that long for you. So, um, as I said before, this is an outline planning application with all matters reserved except for access, parking and layout. Um, the application site is an area of garden land to the rear of number 2 and 4 Station Road, uh, with the application showing a, showing a single-storey two-bedroom bungalow. A previous application, which had a two-storey dwelling, uh, was withdrawn by the applicant following numerous objections uh, from the locality. This site became available following garden reductions carried out at a time when the council homes at 2 and 4 Station Road were void. Um, these areas of garden were removed from the new tenants' tenancies with their full knowledge, although they are allowed to keep using the full garden until such time as the, as the land is developed. This has happened across many places in the district, uh, whereby we're looking where larger gardens to reduce them with the tenants' full knowledge at the point of the property becoming void so that they may be able to put together to provide bigger development sites for affordable housing in the future. This is a long-standing policy of the Council uh, in order to, to increase the supply of land available for affordable housing. In this instance, however, this site is very small and is only suitable for a single dwelling and would therefore not be economically viable to develop for affordable housing. Therefore, we are proposing to sell the site with the benefit of outline permission on the open market and then to reinvest the proceeds of this sale into development of new affordable homes on larger sites around the district. These proceeds, the proceeds received from this sale would be match funded with right to buy proceeds in order to develop the new affordable housing across the district. Um, I thank members for listening to this presentation and um, I hope you look favourably on our application. Many thanks. Thank you, Mr Mallions. Um, right, members, it's open to you for comments and questions. <coughs> Councillor Mills? I've only got one concern, really, and that's uh, if we sell it on the open market, what's to stop come somebody coming back and applying for a two-storey house? And the answer to that is no, I think. Mr Brown? Yes. They could apply for a five-storey house, to be quite honest. But, uh, but the, the, yes, they could apply for a two-storey house, and that would need to be determined on its merits. But as you've heard, the application was originally a two-bedroom. <coughs> there was already a proposal for a two-storey house that has been reduced with negotiations from it, which infer that we're not in support as officers of a two-bedroom house anyhow. So therefore, it doesn't stop people applying for a two-bedroom house. Councillor Hicks, then Councillor Lachlan, then Councillor Freeman. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. <coughs> I think I'd just like to say that this appears to be the first of a, hopefully what will be a, a, a proceeding, a, a gathering um, use of assets within the district, particularly land assets, and uh, making them uh, viable and uh, indeed uh, helping in the future to provide income for um, this district council to replace some of the funding which is being consistently withdrawn by central government. So I think it's um, uh, a, a laudable uh, start to a process that I hope will increase and, uh, and make, uh, multiply across the district as we can uh, find assets to use. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, it's a first-class um, suggestion, and I would like to um, uh, propose that the, um, uh, this 
application should be approved. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? So, so, Councillor Davey, thank you. Um, now, speakers, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I, yeah, I do have some concerns as well, but I did notice that uh, 53 neighbours were informed and there were only two objectors. Uh, but the question I would like to ask of officers, will this be delegated to officers when it comes back for full um, permission, or will it be coming back to this council? Good question. Depends. If the land has been sold at that stage and we no longer own the land, then it will go through the normal process of being a delegatable process. But if someone wants, say, puts a developer puts an offer in subject to planning and we still own it, then yes, that would naturally come back. So it does depend in the circumstances where we are. Yeah. May I come back? So any one of us here could call it in if we were minded to in the future? Yes. In consultation with the ward member? If you, yeah. Thank you. Certainly, of course, I know that. <laughs> Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, I have one or two difficulties with this. One of the difficulties is I find it hard to believe that the market value for this property will actually find its way into affordable or social housing by the council. Now, the reason being that numbers on a spreadsheet tend to vanish and they get moved around and unless you're very, very alert and you've got nothing better to do with your time, they... You know, the, 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 imagine this was sold for 200, say 100,000 um, pounds. Would that 100,000 pounds be traceable? I, I'm not sure it would. I'm willing to be convinced, but otherwise, but I, I think it would just vanish into Ulster District Council coffers. And if that's what's going to happen, we should be honest about it rather than dress it up and saying, "Well, this is social housing; it'll be all right." The other thing, Chairman, is that it's interesting. On the plan, it's delineated. There's two areas delineated in blue. Uh, the lower one calls itself Robinson Garages, I think, Robinson Bungalows. Uh, and Arthur uh, District Council has a history of building uh, on, um, they're obviously garages, um, building on garage sites under its control. There's some going on in South and Walden right now. Uh, and it would seem to me that actually a much better arrangement to build on those garages and to include this in some way in that process. You have a single entrance. Uh, which is existing, the whole thing would be a much better. At the moment, it seems to be a piecemeal exercise, um, perhaps not thought through. It's, a, it's a, a land grab. It's an attempt to grab some money for this without really thinking it through. I think we could do better, Chairman. That's my view. But let's answer the question. What guarantee, what comfort can you give me that this, the proceeds from this will not just vanish into unsolicited council coffers? Okay, this, uh, I'd like to try and answer that, and I'll wait for officers to confirm afterwards. But this land is registered within the HRA as being the council housing land, and uh, the HRA account is ring-fenced for housing. So any of the assets of that uh, account must be duly accounted for, and obviously I, I don't think there's any chance that it will just disappear. Um, stand to be corrected. That's, that's correct. That's the case. Thank you. Um, Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Thank you. I think I do. I, I, I share the concerns of uh, my colleague, and uh, I think we could per personally uh, um, follow this up to make sure that uh, the money is used properly. But that wasn't the point I was initially making to, going to make. The, the, the main point, I have one concern with it, and that is the, uh, the tandem parking. 
I really object to that. I, it was a, an objection by the Paris Council. I think it does make traffic movements um, significantly more difficult, particularly as um, it may be it's probably easier to drive into, um, into the driveway. You'll have maybe two cars reversing out onto that traffic. I think every uh, effort would, should be made to make it parallel parking. And I would strongly suggest an amendment to the uh, proposal that uh, parallel parking is included. I, 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 t I take note of that comment, and I've got great sympathy for that. I don't like the tandem parking here. Um, but this is outline consent, and we do have uh, a condition that says um, condition 5, which when the detailed planning application comes back, um, uh, because this is only indicative, I, I believe that um, the planners can uh, take that into account and make sure that the highway safety measures are fully considered. Uh, Mr. Brown, yeah, thank you. Slightly correct you on that one because the layout is committed as part of the application. Oh. So, although we do need the precise details of the parking, if we were faced with this in the future, and there was, I'm, I'm still saying we should be recommending approval for this, but if the concerns about tandem parking, that type of thing will be going today. It's not, it gets caught out in terms of it, access is committed as part of this application, layout is committed as part of this application, and layout includes where the house goes and, and all that jazz. It could end up with there being parallel parking, but the issue is we can't resist tandem parking if we approve this because we're approving the layout because that is committed. So I don't, I don't want to give you the impression that that's, it's, it is not indicative because layout is committed. I'm confused. Yeah. Councillor Davey. Mr Chairman, I'd like to just say that I think it's very, very rare that an opportunity arises for a building plot for a detached bungalow comes up. And there are people who suffer from severe disabilities who might be interested in buying a site like this within a short distance of the railway station so they can commute. Absolutely brilliant. And I fully support it uh, uh, in, that, in that form. Can't guarantee it. it. It may come back for revised planning. But, however, if it turns out to be a bungalow used in that way, that would be excellent. Thank you. I'm going to... So, Councillor Lodge, yes, come back, please. So, I'm still confused, particularly under that scenario. If you've got uh, a couple who are disabled, then, then tandem parking and, and two cars reversing out onto it is, is a real difficulty. So, I said I was confused. I don't quite understand what the mechanism we can use is to get parallel parking here. But I'm sure... Well, sure, we must be able to. We, we, the, the, nothing's approved yet. We must be able to stipulate that condition should enough other members agree with me. Right, I'm from the chair. I'm going to try and shortcut a bit more discussion around this. Uh, I'm going to ask if we can, could, could consider a deferment of this um, so that the council can explore um, some parking provision within the garaging site to take the two parking bays off of the site for sale and um, offer allocated spaces within the um, garage complex um, and I think that may take the heat out of the situation does that find a seconder I've got multiple seconders is there so um, I'm going to go for Councillor Lodge as he raised the issue or against Councillor Freeman but um, so 
uh, we can't discuss this any further, so we'll uh, vote for the deferral. All those in favour of deferral for that reason, give them please show. Against? Two. Thank you. So the matter is deferred for. Did anybody abstain? Did he vote? Yes. Oh, right, one abstention. One abstention. Yes. Thank you. So that matter is deferred for further consideration of the parking provision. Thank you. Yeah. And our next um, item on the agenda is item 5. It's an application UTT 13-1817. It's for deed of variation to an outline consent that we have given. And and Mr Brown is going to take us through this one. Can I suggest we adjourn just for one minute? Because I I think the parish are indicating and I I may predict what he's going to... Peter, do you want to come round first and chat first? Are we having a a comfort break? We can have a five-minute comfort break, uh, members, if you wish.
we're dealing with the deed of variation. Um, not sure where this site is, uh, Nigel. It's uh, application 1817, which was an outline consent. And Mr. Brown will take us through it. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. This, is, this relates to an outline application that was approved um, under UTT stroke 13 stroke 1817 stroke OP for, uh, for a care facility and five detached dwellings. Uh, it's more than just a care facility there. I've just abridged it there. It shows on page 57. That was approved and that was subject to a section 106 that required um, major highway improvements both to Berrywater Lane and to School Lane. And so therefore there's quite a significant amount of highway improvements brought about by the improvement of the, the care facility. Um, the five houses, because they were submitted as part of that application, are now covered by that 106 as well. And what this, what this proposal to do the variation proposes to do is to decouple the five houses from the requirements. So at the moment, members, members will recall that there is reserve matters for those five plots that have been submitted and approved. Um, in order to implement those five dwellings, by implementing them, it would bite the Section 106 in terms of having to provide those highway improvements. It was never envisaged when the Section 106 was approved that those five dwellings would justify the highway improvements to Berrywater Lane and to School Lane. It was specifically for the care home, and that's why it's proposed to decouple it on that proposal. It does nothing else in terms of the, the requirements of the care, the care village to be proposed, because if the care village is implemented and starts, which is hopefully it will happen, and when the care village is proposed, that will immediately bite the requirements to do the highway improvements. But the five dwellings do not justify that. That's why the decoupling. Now, that is something where members made that decision within this room in terms of, way back in 2013, in terms of, in terms of approving those five dwellings with the care home. Um, now, the second part of the application, which is usually a detailed issue that's really, really something that the legal officer and the planning officers will deal with, is the definition of what implementation means. Now, quite often, and almost, not always, but m quite more often than not, demolition is included within that. So, if you've got a site that's being redeveloped, demolition counts as implementation and bites the 106, and therefore all the requirements of the 106. That usually is the case. Um, in this particular case, we have a landowner on one side who has a number of glass houses on the site, and we have a, still a potential purchaser of the site from a, from a residential care provider who wants to buy the site without, those, without the buildings as they currently are. Currently, they are uh, members who know White Ditch Lane will know that their buildings are an eyesore. Uh, they potentially are a liability issue in terms of people getting in and causing a problem. And so they want those buildings demolished before they can go to the next stage of purchasing the site. Now, we're in this impasse now because without them being demolished, the residential care facility, and it shouldn't be under, uh, can't be overstated what that liability issue is regarding having those glass houses on there. The, the care provider won't, is unlikely or is less likely to purchase the site with the greenhouses on them, and the parent purchaser is unlikely to demolish them because immediately on demolition it will bite the 106. So it's a technical issue in terms of trying to make the exception that we would have done under, the under officer's level to actually not include demolition as part of the definition of what we do is say implementation and, it, and come up with a number of things that are excluded from that demolition from, from the definition of implementation. Demolition is currently left in there. So the, the what is proposed is number one to decouple the five dwellings from the 106. 
um, from the 106 requirements to do the highway improvements, and secondly, the removal of demolition in terms of the uh, definition of it. So it's the inclusion of it's inclusion of demolition is the exclusion from the definition of. Uh, so basically. What that means, the typical lawyer makes it even more complicated, but it's, it's to allow the demolition and not bite the 106. And in order to do that, it is more likely that the current owner will be able to demolish the buildings and allow the residential care provider to come on. Now, there's one other issue that has been raised before this. When those matters are being demolished, there is problems in terms of what is likely to happen in terms of the... The, the impact on the residents while those doing, and I think that that is what's being raised. That is not really for the discussion here. The discussion here is, is literally decoupling it in terms of in, it's in what order things happen as opposed to whether things can happen. And so it, that is the reason why we're here in terms of that data variation. I think other matters may be raised, and I'm happy to pick those up later on, but that's what we are here. That is as clear as mud I know, and I'm happy to pick that up. Any questions later? Thank you, Mr. Brown. There we have a couple of speakers, and the first is from the Parish Councils, Councillor Arscott. Thank you. You've got three minutes, Councillor Arscott. Um, yes, it, it uh, only came to our attention, uh, this uh, matter today, item five, that uh, somebody in White Ditch Lane had spotted, uh, spotted this deed of variation proposal and got in contact with the parish council and said, why didn't we raise the matter at our last meeting? Well, we didn't raise it because here it doesn't give an address of Newport. It just says deed of variation. So it, it slipped through the net. So I've been asked today just to... I wasn't going to speak on this one, but I will do now. Uh, it slipped through the net. that we, we, The parish council haven't had any opportunity to discuss it put our hands up, we missed it, I missed it I think um, Nigel knows that we've missed it because the word Newport wasn't there, so I'm wondering if we could possibly defer this item until the Parish Council has had the opportunity to make some comment um, on this, applica on this um, application and that's really all I can say at this particular time Yeah, if you could, if you could, you know. But I, I, I was asked to bring to the attention of the committee that this has slipped through. And it's something that the parish. It's, I mean, our clerk is well, very diligent. She's an excellent clerk, but it even, even escaped her attention and it escaped mine because I'm the, as Nigel knows, I'm the one of the parish council who keeps my eyes on most of the um, planning matters down there, yeah. and the one who managed to get at least get somebody else to come and do a walkabout. Um, I think that's all I need to say. Thanks very much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And uh, the other speaker is uh, Mr. Bill Bampton, the applicant. Thank you. You've got three minutes, Mr. Bampton. Thank you, Chairman. Um, the site in question has been under offer for several months now by a well known um, retirement village provider but they've been unable to obtain um, insurance cover 
for the site without the greenhouses which are becoming derelict being demolished. So basically without being able to demolish the greenhouses the sale can't go ahead. Um, we already have prior notification consent to demolish so we could start tomorrow and demolish the glass houses but if we do that we're falling foul of the terms of the 106 agreement which could invalidate the planning approval that we have which is why it's um, my view essential that, that we are able to demolish and unlock that gridlock. Um, I understand the Parish Council's concern and I also understand um, why it was made a um, subject to the 106 in the first place and I think that's because the existing access into the site is served off White Ditch Lane which is very small and narrow and a, a huge amount of traffic coming down that road generated by the demolition I could see could raise concerns. Um, we can fulfil what we need to do to unlock the gridlock by demolishing and keeping the materials on site if necessary. Um, in which case we, we'd be quite happy if um, we weren't allowed to uh, remove the materials via White Ditch Lane. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Banton. Right, Mr Brown, on those uh, matters raised by both speakers, could you give us any uh, further advice for our considerations? Thank you. All I would say is that time is really of the essence on this one, and that's there a month can be a long time in terms of, in terms of the delicate discussions regarding the care provider. Um, in terms of, and I, and I spoke to the applicant this morning because I spoke to the neighbours yesterday, well, one of the residents of White Ditch Lane yesterday, and I think the issue was is the, the impact from the residents is more the removal of the materials from the site rather than the actual demolition. The demolition, there will be vehicles going on there and there will be noise and there will be, but there are natural, there are other legislation that covers issues like handling of asbestos if there's any asbestos and all that type of stuff on site. So I, I, I actually think that the, the suggestion by Mr. Bampton to actually to restrict demolition to, we've got to come up with some words with the legal officer here in terms of the demolition but not removal of activities from site. Okay, we've got quadruple negatives going on here. Now we do that at lawyers. But I think we could actually not quite take the whole of demolition away, but take demolition away in terms of demolition, but actually put a caveat to say, well, but not the removal of it. As soon as we start getting removals for the stuff, that bites the 106. That's all that we're saying. So that allows them to be demolished and kept on site. And so I think that would do the job in terms of it is, I mean, Mr. Bampton's clarified that and I think that would unpick it. That's all that we're trying to do is unblock this site to allow the care village to come forward. We've got, uh, I've got Councillor Freeman, Chambers and Hicks. We'll take them in that order, please. Councillor Freeman. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Um, I have a great deal of difficulty with developers that come and ask for variations on their consents. Um, there are always reasons for this. There are often very good reasons. And there are often there are the ones that we know and there's the ones that we don't know. Um, it always makes me suspicious. Why didn't they get it right in the first place? Also, I obviously haven't considered this um, case. I wasn't on this committee at that time, although I've served in this committee before, obviously. Uh, and you haven't shown us any plans or elevations or whatever. I notice that your computer is suffering from the same disease as mine. You're now on number 9 of 30 updates, so you're not going to be able to show us anything, even if you wanted to. 
I think that this needs better consideration than we are able to give it without any consideration of what is a complex case. Um, there is a distinct possibility that the houses will get built and the care home won't get built, and that's not the situation that we want. I do think that leaving the materials on site is commendable. That's a very good thing to do um, until you've got the better means of removing them. I think that's a very good principle, but again, it's a sort of fig leaf. Uh, the real issue is I don't think we are able to consider this day at this meeting. I would move, Chairman, that we defer this until this committee has had a chance to look at the whole case in total and when our IT system is able to show it to us, which it obviously can't at the moment. Right, there is a proposal there for deferment. Does that find a second, Councillor Fairbrass? So without further discussion, we will go to the vote on the matter of deferment. All those in favour, please show. Against? So the uh, proposal for deferment is lost. We will continue with our discussions. And I've got Councillor Chambers next. Mr Chairman, uh, um, I'd like to propose uh, the um, recommendation on here. One of the things I, th I think is, is that if you're looking at, uh, uh, unless I've misunderstood it, uh, you're talking about here it's residential care, a lot of it's residential care. It, it is, to me, that is very important. Now, the houses and the greenhouses, if they could be, de I won't use the word demolished, removed, as Mr Brown was saying, without being removed from the site, then that would seem to me to be uh, an excellent way forward and wouldn't trigger the 106. In which case then, it could, they could actually start on the, um, hopefully, on the care side without interfering with the other side. I, is that in simple terms what? <coughs> Nearly. <laughs> um, I think you're talk, what we're talking about is, it's not about the, it's, it's, it is all about in which order things happen. And I think in terms of, it's, it's almost ignore the houses. The houses, the houses are likely to happen, but in order for houses to happen, demolition has to happen to some of them anyway, to, to, to the to care. So it's to allow the demolition of the, and I, and I would suggest that if, if members are going to move the recommendation that we just slightly change the description of demolition but not removal of activities from site. Um, so it is dismantle the buildings, leave the buildings on site, and then that will then open up the exchange so the site then could be bought from a care home who will then start implementing it and on that basis, or, or they would have to submit a reserve matters or full application for the scheme. But that would then open that up. And then nothing's unlikely to happen, apart from if they wanted to jump the gun, well, not jump the gun, they wanted to carry out any further in terms of removal of the stuff, they would actually have to start implementing the permission for the care village. Now, that would require, and at the moment, that requires demolition of a house in order to do that, and demolition of the house to actually bring the stuff out that way. And the whole idea, no one wants to bring... The, demo, demo, the, the material from the demolished greenhouses out of White Ditch Lane. That's not what we want to happen. And so, so, it's, so it's, just, it's demolishing, then the exchange of site, and then the beginning of the implementation of the care home. And that's, that's what we're talking about. That's exactly, Mr Chairman, sorry, Mr Brown, that's exactly what I, I would like to see happen, and I would so propose. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Uh, Councillor Hicks, thank you. Do you wish to you add you down to speak? 
Thank you, Chairman. <coughs> and just to say that I'm, I am listening to um, the agent for the uh, site um, to think that the care home has been delayed for seven months already on, with this sort of technical problem. Um, is an answer in itself for me. I, I think uh, we need uh, more care homes, and this one was approved some time ago. I think we uh, need to remove obstacles from this progress, and so I'm uh, very happy to um, second uh, Councillor Chambers' proposal. Thank you. I had Councillor Lachlan down to speak. No, I was going to say something similar. I, I actually do remember the original application, as probably you do uh, as well. Uh, and there were concerns at the time uh, that it could be changed into housing, but I don't very often defend developers, but I have known Mr. Bampton's developments in the past. He's a local developer and always known him to be an honourable and decent man, and, uh, and I don't know him personally. <laughs> I should say that. But, so I'm happy to go along... With that, I think it's an ideal solution. Thank you. Um, from yeah, Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Could I could I ask what the, I, I I understand the glass house issues and not triggering the 106 and so on, but I don't understand the relevance of um, allowing the five market dwellings to uh, to be in in this application. I see no significance of that other than uh, the uh, developer trying to do something. Uh, a little bit strange. I think, yeah, the, 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 the only linkage between the houses, the five houses and the care village is the fact they came in as one application. Um, they weren't required that had they come in as a separate application, they would have been considered as a separate application. It was always going to be five houses and a care village. And the five houses in themselves do not, and we didn't envisage that we would be, and I'll be honest with you, we, we had applications in for the residential development of the site in lieu of the care village in the past because they, they need to demonstrate there is a care village. And it's very, very, it's a business that, it, that, that we need to keep the site attractive to that business. And that's why there's been a delay in bringing that forward. Meanwhile, the houses have come forward and we have approved the reserve matters. And it's, not, it's nothing dirty to actually, we've approved five houses and we need those five houses. Those five houses also are being blocked by the 106 and, and they're not a give, they are, they're not inter, inter, intertwined physically with them, only technically through the 106 and I think they, the five houses themselves are being blocked and I don't think that's a good thing either in terms of it. So I think that's why we're, and that's the original discussion that came forward to us was, was regarding the trying to, trying to uh, decouple the five houses was the original discussion we had and I said well that's not really going to achieve very much because that requires demolition. It's the demolition that needs to be decoupled. So there's quite a lot of gain in terms of allowing the five houses to be built. If we allow planning permissions, we need to make them happen rather than, rather than keep them blocked. That's the only discussion. So a bit of a supplementary to that. Um, we, I, I didn't see the original application, so I haven't seen the plans for this. The, the access for the five houses, is that onto White Ditch Lane or, uh, uh, or Bury Water Lane? The five reserve matters applications that we approved, each one has an individual access onto White Ditch Lane, yes. That was always in the application? No. Uh, when the application was approved at outline stage, there was no means of access shown. Um, but uh, when the, when the, oh, for the houses, for the, for the care village there was, but the reserve matters showed them onto White Ditch Lane, individual ones into White Ditch Lane. 
So that came up after the initial appearance of this matter at the planning committee, and that was a reserved matter with officers, yeah? No, that was a reserved matter for this committee. That was that, those five, those five uh, individual reserved matters applications were called into committee, so they were considered by planning committee. Okay, so this committee has approved the access of those five houses onto uh, Wideage. Yeah, yeah, yes, right. Okay, yes. fine. Understand. Thank you. Uh, my, my concern when uh, we had the representations <coughs> earlier was from the Parish Council um, not having had time to uh, consider. And on reflection, um, I asked myself the question, what effect does that have on the Parish, uh, parish Council and uh, more particularly for the residents that they represent? And um, from what the uh, developer has told us, um, very little effect um, because the demolition can, uh, risings can be kept on site and that will unlock the purchase of the site by the uh, care home people. So I'm happy to, um, to, to support the uh, proposal that we have. Any further comments? Right, okay, we have a proposal for approval of this deed of variation with the uh, amendments to the wording you had before us to suit the requirements of the legal agreement. Um, that's been proposed and seconded, so all those in favour please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And against? One. And abstentions? Two. Two. Thank you. So that matter is approved. Thank you. Uh, item six on our agenda is uh, a tree matter, uh, one at the Newport Depot, no sorry, the Great Dunmo Depot, sorry, sorry Peter, but it made you jump, <laughs> the uh, Great Dunmo Depot and Nigel Brown, you'll take us through, thank you. Thank you Chairman, this is a, a matter that's, if you go to the photograph on page 64, um, this is obviously the UDC Depot in, in Dunmo, uh, there has been issues I think it's probably that very, that was a, one of the vehicles backed into that, that boundary and that boundary issue has been sorted out between UDC and the neighbour. Whilst we were mopping that problem up, um, the tree itself, as you can see, also causes a problem. Um, and so while well, well, we're sorting all this problem out, the, the proposal is to actually, as you see, it's not remove it, it's to trim back some of the limbs to, make, to take away the issues between neighbours. So um, it is a, it's not a TPO tree, it's a tree within a conservation area whereby we need to go for the notification process. The tree is not worthy of the TPO, um, but the, the works carried out are considered acceptable. So the recommendation is for no objection to be raised, Chairman. So proposed, Mr Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Uh, seconded, Councillor Hicks. Thank you. Seconded, Chairman. Yes, got that. Oops, sorry. Uh, that's proposed by Councillor Chambers, seconded by Councillor Hicks. Any questions or queries or comments, members? Okay, we'll go straight to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Thank you, that matter's approved. Uh, the next item is item 7. It's treatment to a tree at Maberley Court, Saffron Warden, and Mr Brown, you'll take us through that one too. Thank you. Sorry. There's a further item on the agenda after this one. You may be excused. It's There's no urgent business. No, no. Come on. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Fairfax. So... Sorry, I, I missed that. I'll come back. No, no, Robert. No, I'm talking to you. 
Mr. Right. Chairman, I too have an interest, and I withdraw for this issue. I'll you come have back an interest after. in this? Is it yes. pecuniary interest? It's in my neighbours. They have two houses down from me. Okay, fine. Thank you. That's Councillor Fairbrass. Um, so, Mr. Brown, you'll take us through. Thank you. Chairman, this, oh, I think by the time we're out, we'll be back in again. Um, this is only in front of members because it, it is a former councillor of the authority. Um, it is carry out to it is a TPO tree and it's to carry out crime reduction of two yew trees of Remarbury Court in South from Warden. Um, helpfully, within this proposal, we actually have the red dots in terms of showing how much they're going to be reduced by. So it is works that require consent. It's only in front of you because it's a former member, and we recommend uh, that the, the application be approved, Chairman. Thank you. Um, from the Chair, I'll uh, propose that we accept that recommendation. Is that fine, the seconder? You've got a seconder Sorry. over here. Um, I'm going to recommend him from the Chair that we accept that recommendation. And does that find a seconder? It does over here. It does. That's Councillor Riles. Thank you very much. All those in favour, please show. Thank you. And that matter is approved. And the remaining item on our agenda is urgent business. There is none, so I shall refrain from calling back <laughs> to absent members. Thank you. And the meeting is closed at uh, 3.36.